0: Me and Elwood, we're putting the band back together. We need you and Blue Lou. Oh, man, don't talk that way around here. My old lady, she'll kill me. Ma'am, you gotta
1: understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing.
0: Matt, what the hell is he talking about? Don't
2: get riled, sugar. Don't
0: you don't get riled, sugar, me. Now, you're not going back on the road no more, and you ain't playing in them old two-bits, lazy dies. You're living with me now. And you're not gonna go sliding around with your old white hoodlum friends.
2: But babes, this is Jake and Elwood, the Blues Brothers.
0: The Blues Brothers? Shit. They still owe you money, fool. Ma'am, would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking Matt here to do is a holy thing? You see, we're on a mission from God. Don't you blaspheme in here! Don't you blaspheme in here! Now this is my man, this is my restaurant, and you two are gonna just walk right out that door without your dry white toast, without your full-fried chickens, and without Mad Guitar Murphy.
1: And here we go. It's the comic, 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 book, book. Man, you come right out of a comic. the new bully i'm your host leroy with my co-host
2: this is eli
1: eli is here yeah and we are back with another episode and yeah eli we started a week off pretty bad because we had a a legend you know pass mm-hmm. away this week saying yeah and it was a legendary singer aretha franklin
2: the queen the
1: queen of soul yeah so like i said the king of pop prince now the queen of soul and it's it's messed up, man. You know, and you know you know when when a when an artist dies and you want to go back and revisit the music and things like that and just see, you know, what type of person it was. And I listened to Larissa Franklin, man, man, she has and it's it's weird to say that, but she has a ton of hits. Yeah. Like a there's, ton no, of,
2: yeah. Yeah, there's no way you have not heard one of her songs.
1: Yeah, and, and the <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, even if you don't know it's her, I was hearing some songs and I'm like, oh shit, that was her. I didn't know yeah. that I love that song. I didn't know she was singing it, you know. So it's just song after song after song. It's like that. And then it started going in like all the songs that were remade by her and the songs rappers, you know, uh, remixed with her vocals and took her tracks and sampled and stuff like that. And it was just like, I spent the entire day listening to this stuff, man. Just listen to nothing but Aretha Franklin all day and stuff like that. And I looked on Billboard's, Like, of course, you know, every time an artist passed, their music is number one. So yeah, so Nicki Minaj went down to number two. Now Aretha Franklin's back number one again.
2: Well, that that should be that 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 should be the way it is
1: <laughs> that should be the way it is but you know what that made me feel sad again just bringing it up because now you think about it, you got all of these these you know great musicians legendary musicians passing on and what are we left with
2: yeah and, man, and it know.
1: was it was something else somebody else brought up to my my intention also that okay so like i said aretha franklin has passed and you know they're going to do a tribute to Aretha Franklin, but people going to come up and sing Aretha Franklin songs and do her. But who are they going to get? I mean, Ariana Grande, you know.
2: Yeah. Who can sing like she can?
1: Right. That's the thing. So yeah. you like, you're going to have to you scour the, you know, search the earth to find somebody that can sing Aretha Franklin songs. But these folks out now, they can't do it.
2: Yeah. Cause the, I saw the clip of Ariana Grande on whatever show. And I was, and I just immediately got the skin for, for one thing, I can't stand her. But then, right. then I was like, man, man, shut up. And I just...
1: <laughs> Eli, I heard Taylor Swift sing an Earth, Wind & Fire song one time. It, it made me depressed. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, maybe, what the fuck's her name? But she's in a different key, right? Christina Aguilera, you
1: know? Uh, even Christina Aguilera can't do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, a, she can sing. I'll admit the chick can sing, but but not like you know Aretha was Aretha. You
1: know Aretha saying? was a freak. Like, because the thing was, it wasn't just about the key and the tone, no, Because Aretha brought like different genres together with her singing, just with her voice alone. Like, yes, first off, one thing that separates Aretha from like every other chick that's singing right now or even back then is that she grew up in the church. Now, for some yeah. of you, that doesn't mean anything, but for I just say this for black people. <laughs> when
2: Baptist. you grow up,
1: when you grow up in the church, Baptist churches. When you grow up in the church, and if you're a singing in the church, you have to sing, not this bullshit they're doing now. You have to really, really sing. So she has a, a voice that you knew she grew up in the church, and she grew up learning how to sing. But not only that, she also sung, and she also brought like some R and B and rock and roll to her songs, also. Where it was kind of like she had a church voice, but it was like poppy and r&b you could put it on a catchy pop song and dance too you know
2: and yeah and, and people in the church have to have strong voices because they got to be loud because everybody's singing
1: because the they don't give them mics they have to yeah. fill up the church they
2: got yeah they they got to sing over everybody
1: <laughs> right <laughs> over the choir yeah, right? yeah. over the pianist you know over everybody clapping they have to sing over all that stuff with no mic so yeah that's yeah. why a church voice is going to have a more powerful voice than whatever's going on right now, and plus, not only that, but Aretha Franklin also voice had sex appeal to it. You know, she would then when she wasn't singing about dancing or singing about God, she would she had all kind of like love songs that back then people were pretty much. I'm going to throw on some Aretha Franklin girl, and it's gonna it's gonna go down. You know, put on on the record vinyl, and it's <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. You know, so she had that type of voice, and you you can't find anybody with that. I mean. It, it's a reason Aretha Franklin is Aretha Franklin, why she has all these Grammys and all these songs and and everything like that. I mean, there's a re. It's not a fluke.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you know, you don't like I said. I mean, I said this when Prince passed away. I mean, you, we're running out of those talented people that were truly talented. That you know what I'm saying. I mean, that they can sing, they can perform, they can. They wrote their own shit. You know what I'm saying. You, you're not. Right. We're we're not seeing that anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. Like Prince like wrote he he played every single instrument on his mm-hmm. first like two albums. Yep. Like everything and sang, was him.
2: Yeah, and sang and danced. Right. And got up an op- up on all these outfits and shit. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile,
1: Cardi B has ten ghostwriters on one single.
2: You yeah, know? and it's yeah, you know, fucking you know, saying the same line over and over.
1: <laughs> right, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Like, how long did it take you to write this shit? You know?
2: Yeah.
1: uh Anyway, this shit is getting me depressed. Can we move on past this?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, rest in <laughs> peace, Aretha. Uh, rest in peace, Aretha, man. All hail the
2: queen. All hail the
1: queen. And if you can't sing an Aretha song, don't try. do oh,
2: Yeah. No shit. I can't. That's one of the things I can't. What makes me hate pop music even more, especially as a metal fan, is hearing people try to sing these shitty songs that I already can't stand already. <laughs> and then I hear some asshole trying to sing it. I'm like, no, please, just shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> Eli, no Kiki, do you love me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, move
1: past that shit. Anyway, let's get to the next part of the uh, podcast. We have the box office numbers. And like I said, we had... a. Uh, uh, a fisticuff season. This time actually is getting pretty interesting. Normally around this time of year it's getting dull at the box office. But this year, this week has actually been pretty interesting. So, Eli, give it to me. What was the number one movie this week?
2: Is it The Mag still? No. No?
1: What the no. fuck came out? It was already. it's already been knocked off.
2: Oh, damn. What the hell came out? Is it some <laughs> Disney movie came out? No. Nope.
1: cartoon? No Disney movie. Uh, I'll go ahead and give it to you. The number one movie this week was Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, that shit. That yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So That's it's a big deal. Uh, yeah. Like I said, ninety percent Asian movie based on a novel written by the Asian person, directed by an Asian, written by an Asian, cast or Asian. This is the Black Panther of Asia, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's taking over.
2: An so, American studio. An American.
1: An American studio, studio with a bunch of actors. Like I said, uh, it stars. Yeah. <laughs> it, it star. It stars Constance Wu. Uh, The mom from Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, Eli, have you seen that show?
2: I've seen a couple episodes. It's not bad.
1: Yeah, I actually like it. And she's great in that show. Like, you can tell she has, like, watching the show, she has star quality. So, yeah, of course, you're going to stick her in a movie and, you know, headline her with it. I mean, yeah, on this show, she shines. You know, she's the mom. Now, Eli, I'm, I'm, uh, we're going to do a segue. Because here's the thing. I think Constance Wu is kind of hot. But let me ask you this. Who is the hottest TV mom of all time?
2: Of all time? All time. Uh, of all time. Of all time. I got to think. Let me see. TV mods. Um Shit. Uh, what, what's, what's that? The, 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 the chick from Silver Spoons, because she was Wilma on Buck Rogers.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I <laughs> forgot about that. Aaron Gray. Uh, yeah, that's about the only one I could think okay, of. Okay, Eric. Was she a mom on this I didn't know
2: she was a mom on this well, show. She, she, was, she just, was like the stepmom, right? Wasn't she? I thought she was just like a, a next
1: to a neighbor or something.
2: No, wasn't she banging his dad or something? Yes. Or something? Maybe? I barely I
1: remember know. Silver Spoon. I remember her on the show, but I, I thought yeah. she was just like his assistant or coworker, Secretary? Yeah, and they got together Pop. like season five <laughs> or whatever. Show, that, maybe
2: that, that, yeah i don't know
1: it, it, i don't yeah. know well I, i'll give it to you okay aaron great yeah she was, hot. she was she was in buck rogers so yeah uh i'm gonna say and i know everybody think i'm gonna say claire Huxley from cosby show i'm not gonna say that oh damn i forgot about her everybody gonna say it. everybody <laughs> always expect me to say claire Huxley from the cosby show i'm gonna say she's number two she was number one until modern family
2: oh shit that's right
1: I mean, she's so hot people yeah. don't even count it like it's not yeah. fair to count her
2: yeah, that that's true. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but she counts.
2: Yeah, she I, is I a mom on her. the show. Totally forgot about her. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it, I'm gonna change my answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you still leave Aaron Gray over there. Whether she was a mom, I don't even think she was a mom. I think you got to cheat with that answer, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, I think we got off subject. Uh, number two, <laughs> number two is the Meg, the Jason Statham shark movie. Still hanging in there. Uh, number three, we have Mile Twenty Two. The Mark Wahlberg movie that I guess people saw this one. Uh, yeah. Uh number five, we have Mission Impossible Fallout. Now, let me go back to Mission Impossible. I'm going I'm going to pull up some numbers and Mission Impossible right now is at half a billion. So oh, wow. not bad. Not bad for uh it still has some ways to go, I think, to like be the top highest grossing Mission Impossible movie, but it's doing pretty good for a Mission Impossible movie. Uh, number four is Alpha.
0: Oh, yeah. Is that out?
1: Yeah, is that some that, dog movie?
2: It's the, the caveman dog movie. Like, they're caveman or something? Or, like, is it is takes it? place back in the Ice Age or something?
1: It, I'll be honest with you. The commercials, to me, were confusing. I was, like, half paying attention. Uh, they, show, they pop up on YouTube and you don't want to watch it. And then, <laughs> you know, you just see it. the first dog. I'm like, the first dog? This is like a dog. you think the first dog would be some kind of like monster wolf or something. You know, like when you say the first cat, you you see a saber tooth you know, in your mind. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, this is just a dog. Like give me something
2: like it's Yeah, and a and it's made by uh you know. Yeah, and it's made by Albert Hughes, one of the Hughes brothers. And when I first heard about this movie, I'm like, "Oh, cool. That shit that sounds like a Wait, you made movie.
1: Society Hughes brothers?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. From Hell Hughes brothers. Yeah, I guess they're not the brothers anymore. They they went on their own. Um, but he this is his new movie. And uh, and when I first heard about it, I was thinking it was gonna be like Quest for Fire, you know what I mean? Like okay. a brutal caveman movie. But then I'm seeing all these trailers. It's like a fucking kids movie. Got kid running around, a cave boy running around with his dog. I'm like, eh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's no, it debuted at number five for a reason.
2: Yeah, it's like okay. I want I, I, I want to see some brutal caveman wars over, you know, with mammoths and shit. <laughs>
1: Well, this not gonna be a Mel Gibson movie. I mean, <laughs> they gotta have something to sell to the kids. So, uh, yeah. number six, we have Disney's Christopher Robin. Still slipping down there. It's not doing what Disney thought it was gonna do. Uh, number seven, Black KKK Landsman. Oh yeah. Still hanging in there. Not doing the numbers as want to, but who knows? During Oscar season. You know, I'm hearing rumors it might be in the running. Stuff like that. Maybe it'll pick up. You never know. Uh, number eight, Slender Man, the YouTube um, movie, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Horror, horror flick,
2: the horror urban legend, internet legend,
1: I, whatever. I guess, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I guess people like it. Uh, number nine, Hotel Transylvania three, Summer Vacation. Why is this movie still on here? I don't know. That's surprising. Sandler. Yeah, I'm,
2: I didn't think that was gonna do.
1: Yeah, it should have fell down by now, especially with these other movies. And Hotel Transylvania. I just said that. Uh, number ten, Meet Mama Mia. Here we go again. So, yeah.
2: so you haven't seen it yet? K-K.
1: I have not seen it. However, Mamma Mia is on Amazon Prime. I may check it out. I may review it. I don't know.
2: Well, that's why it's number 10 because you haven't seen it
1: yet. Exactly. I need to support, patronize Mamma Mia 2 if I want to get a Mamma Mia 3. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Complete the trilogy. Uh, let me say it. Let me see where Ant-Man and Was it. Like I said, this is a comic book show and I know people forgot this movie ever existed. Uh, it's currently at number 3. Let's look at the numbers on that. Do, 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 do. I need like interlude, music, Something like. That. Uh, Eli, work on that and get back to me next week. Uh, number four, we have. Oh well, not number four. Okay, it's currently at four hundred sixty-five million. Eh. Eh. Not eh.
2: bad. For Marvel movie, it's yeah.
1: Yeah. But it has not really been released in China yet. However, I think by the time it gets released in China, China is not going to give a shit about this movie. So, or they I'm might. Sure. So when it has to China, it'll probably be pushed over $500 million, half a billion. And it'll do about what the first Ant-Man did. And it'll be like, eh. I guess. I don't know. Ant-Man's hanging in there. Uh, Yeah, that's the box office. Really nothing to talk about right there. I guess we can go past that. And here's the thing, Eli. Even though we got a chance to, we didn't see any movies this weekend. I did get a chance to buy Infinity War on, on di- digital. Matter of fact, not only did I buy uh, Infinity War on, on digital, I went ahead and bought that Infinity Avengers 3-pack, you know, the three movies. Oh, really? The trilogies. I just went ahead and bought all of them, because I think I had Avengers 1, but I didn't have it in, like, HD, so I rebought it and stuff like that. And it's cool. I didn't get a chance to watch all the movies. I did watch Infinity Matter of fact, I watched Infinity War, like, twice today. I didn't have shit to do. I just watched the movie twice. So, that's, like, four hours, apparently, just watching Avengers and shit, not doing anything. But it was cool. It's just as cool as it was when I first watched it then. Uh, one of these days I'm going to sit down and watch just those three movies by itself. And I know we talked about this before, Eli, but I really want to see, can you just watch just those three Avengers movies and, and understand the plot without watching any other movie?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, well, watch it with your mom. Maybe then, then you'll really,
1: (laughs) yeah, my mom, there's no way I'm going to get my mom to sit down and watch these movies again. (laughs) Like she's seen one of, and it was funny just watching her watch Infinity War, just watch the confusion on her face. <laughs> Who is this guy with the flying cape? Who is this guy? Who is that guy? <laughs> so, yeah, that was annoying there. But I, I listened to some of the commentary on there also with the Russos and the writers on there. And it did give me some insight on it. Some of the stuff I actually kind of figured out myself, but it's good to hear that them confirm it. And some stuff on there, you know, that they've been making headlines on there. For instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, before I get to the big stuff, like like Tony, for instance, you know how Tony said Vision was offline, so like and he couldn't find Vision.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, actually, they saying that he knew what Vision was the entire time. Oh, really? he knew Vision was with Scarlet Witch, doing whatever they were doing, and but he wanted to pretend like he didn't know, because if he knew, then he had to go after them. So basically, Tony knew where all the all the Avengers were at at, all, at you know at all times. He just, right. just paused possibly in there. That's the one thing. Uh, another thing, the Hulk. You know, people kept talking about the Hulk and things like that. Uh, saying that he didn't show up because Thanos whipped his ass. I always knew that was bullshit. I always knew it would be it. However, I never said anything about it because I just wanted to entertain Because it was just a fun, you know, thing to say Thanos whooped his ass. So he was so scared to come out again. But I already knew that was the case. Uh, and the Russo's confirmed. They said it wasn't that. It was that, that Hulk was just tired of being, you know... Banner's do boy. Tired of being banner's bitch, you know, coming out whenever Banner needs him, so he wanna hang himself. However, this is my theory, of what I always thought. I always thought that Hulk just didn't want to be released on Earth because I think he still feels guilty about what happened on Age of Ultron. Like in Age of Ultron when he just tore up Africa and shit like that. And he just always tearing up cities and stuff like that. And I think that's one reason why he decided to leave Earth to go to planet. Battle world, or whatever the hell he was at, and just beat his gladiators to like just fuck shit up because he could just do that there. That's why he was happy where he was. Now that he's been dragged away from battle world, whatever the fuck he was, and he's back on earth, he doesn't want to hurt anybody. That's what I think. And the fact that he doesn't want to hurt anybody and doesn't want to be at least in the world because he's scared somebody might, you know, control him again or he might lose control of himself. He's like, Banner, as long as we're here, your problems are your problems. That's how I feel. Nothing to do with Thanos, not because he got his ass whooped.
2: So. well that that's an awesome theory it's just they, they picked a great time they picked a great movie to pull that shit in there
1: <laughs> right after thanos beat the shit out of him being like nope i'm done <laughs> <laughs>
2: they waited fucking all that like where the fuck is the hulk what the fuck
1: right i mean eli we know what's happen. well we know what's gonna happen i mean you if we've all read hulk books we know where the story is going they're gonna yeah. bring our professor hulk Basically, yeah, what's exactly. gonna happen Banner and Hulk are going to have some kind of inner conflict. They're going to realize that they both need each other. They're going to merge. And then Hulk will show up speaking and talking everything like that. Blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's what's going to happen. He's going to be Professor Hulk.
2: And then Joe fix it.
1: And- yeah. I mean, that that's where the story's going. And I feel like he's going to be the shit out of Thanos when it happens. <laughs> he, he has to get it back. He just can't take the ass whooping and that's it. Well,
2: yeah, that's what I would
1: yeah, <laughs> so everybody just calm down, wait for the next movie. That's only part one, and then we'll see where the story goes. But that's that's where yeah, I think and, the. story And is. then
2: when part two comes out, then you're gonna have to watch all three of these movies because that well, Infinity Wars would be one movie considered, right?
1: Technically, yeah. yeah. Well, technically, yeah. But
2: here's the thing: Infinity
1: War does feel like an ending to a movie. If that makes any sense. It doesn't feel like, you know, those Hunger Games or Harry Potter where they split up two movies in one. Infinity War feels like a
2: complete movie. Well, from our standpoint,
1: yeah. Yeah, from our standpoint. Comics. I mean, I, yeah, if you've been reading comics for fucking 50 years and shit like that, yeah, you're like, oh, we got this book. But like if they just ended it right there, you'd be like, like they they gave us an ending. It may made the ending we expected in a movie. But what if there what if what if, that's, what if there was not we know that's not the case? What if it's like, yeah. fuck it, that's it, we're done. <laughs> that's how it ended. <laughs> you know, but I, I like it because you can look at Infinity War, and I, like I said, I watched the movie twice a day, and I was looking again, and I was looking at, you know, themes and things like that, I, uh, Eli. I don't know if we talked about the themes, and I'm pretty sure we did, and I think we kind of fumbled through them, but listen to the Russos actually break down the themes of the movie and what they were trying to say, you know, it, 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 we, it, we kind of hit it on the, we kind of hit the nail on the head ourselves. For instance, like when they said um, one of the main themes in the movie was sacrifice. You know, I think you said that. I, I completely missed it, I think you said that. And basically okay. about that, the Avengers, they're okay with sacrificing themselves. They'll throw themselves on a grenade. But as far as sacrificing somebody else for the greater good, that's a line they just will not cross. And mm-hmm. Thanos will cross that line. He will sacrifice this person for, to save everybody else for the greater good. And the movie also made it seem like that the Avengers not sacrificing everybody in the movie. It's a weakness on their part. It's their kryptonite, and basically Thanos exploited their weakness.
2: Well, that's because you know? he's fucking crazy. He's a crazy that is asshole. True.
1: <laughs> that is true. That's another thing they say. Like people keep asking, "Well, why didn't Thanos double the resources?" cuz he's fucking crazy. That's why.
2: He's a fucking a nutcase psychopath asshole.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Stop trying to look for rationality in this shit. He's
2: crazy. That's, yeah, he believes he's doing the right thing cuz that's what crazy people do. Right. <laughs> they don't they don't know they're fucking crazy. <laughs>
1: right. So that's we need to understand Thanos is crazy. So yeah and, and like i said but that's on like the first half of it i saw it w- i know i got a whole because the movie long as fuck so that's i gotta listen to the rest of the uh show for the rest of the commentary to see what they because the commentaries audio commentaries for me are very interesting like on the old like the first six movies where george lucas was doing commentaries on the star wars movies that shit opened my eyes man i was like damn george lucas is a genius i know people like to shit on george lucas but the guy's the genius
2: he created all that shit, yeah.
1: He created all this. <laughs> Even with the prequels, the shit he was doing. I'm like, okay, these may not be very well-made movies, but the the idea and the t- intent of where he was going with this, this guy's a genius. Yeah. Uh,
2: so when Infinity Wars 2 comes out, are you going to be able to watch them individually, or are you going to have to watch them both at the same... Is it going to be like Kill Bill?
1: That's thing, to... like because Kill Bill is one movie. It is. You know? So it, de- it depends... I don't know. It depends. It depends on how it goes. So. Yeah. So I don't know. Moving past that, like I said, that's Infinity War. Good movie. Go watch it. Uh, Eli, remember that that text I sent uh the group chat earlier today?
2: The one where you were talking about the, the article
1: you were gonna write? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil the article right now. So uh by the time this podcast is up, you should probably see their article on Outright Geek Radio. Because believe it or not. Eli and I don't just talk shit all day in podcasts. We actually do other stuff also. We're we're both writers. You know, click our names on the site and you will see the articles that we posted. We actually have stuff going on. So the one I'm going to write is the best MCU movie ranked from best to worst. But here's the thing. It's not going to be my opinion. It's going to be your opinion. My opinion? Yes. And everybody else listening. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) now I'm not doing magic tricks you know (laughs) I'm going to put a rabbit on my ass no I'm not going to do that so yeah so that should be up I've already done the research earlier today about what your favorite movie was and it's going to be kind of interesting so this is going to be yeah so it's going to be let me see if we can move past that I saw another movie this weekend and it wasn't actually a like movie theater movie this is actually another Warner Brothers studio movie Actually, Eli and I both saw one. He saw I, one, and I saw this one, but I'm going to talk about mine first, and I'll let Eli get to his second. Um, I want to talk EBS about... BBS
2: all over again,
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's the death of Superman, and it's, it's more BBS than you think it is, Eli. It's, the thing is, the death of Superman is, once again, Superman gets killed by Doomsday. We've heard this story like a billion times already, and Eli, I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably, like the, as far as cartoons... Probably the best one. Oh no, shit! I mean, you still got you still got you know under the red hood. It's, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's 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 in that category now. If you want to say under the red hood is still better than this one, you can say that. But I'm saying this is a close second. It's I feel like it's these two movies and it's everything else. So they they really flesh out the movie. I thought it was gonna be like a Justice League movie. No, it's a Superman movie. All the characters that were, you know, in the Superman 90s era that Dan Jurgens are putting in there, they're in this story. Superman is interacting with them. Uh, he's back with Lois Lane. And I like how they ended the relationship between him and Wonder Woman. They just ended. It was just like, yeah, we tried it out for a while, but it didn't really work out how we wanted to. So we're just going to see other people. It wasn't like the New 52 bullshit they did where they just killed off New 52 Superman and had Mr. Mixerplex show up and erase New 52 Man from existence so the relationship never, ever happened, it just was a natural transition, you know? And the thing is, the Justice League is in this story only as supporting characters to Superman. The reason they're here, because if you really think about it, Superman has no friends. As Clark Kent, he doesn't hang around anybody. He just goes to work, goes home, and that's it. So the only people he can talk to about his issues and relationship advice and things like that is the Justice League. And their interaction with him and giving advice, stuff like that, it was really interesting. It made him seem more human, even though, you know, he's Kryptonian, stuff like that. Uh, Just watching Doomsday show up and just beat the fuck out of people, that shit was awesome. He just beat the shit out of the Justice League. Of course, you know, Batman lasts longer than everybody else on the team. That's right. How? <laughs> I have no idea, but it happened. <laughs> and so... And then, man, I'll be honest with you, Eli, that, that shit, the ending was emotional. You knew it was coming. You knew Superman was going to get killed by Doomsday. It was still emotional. They had the funeral and everything. People speaking at his funeral and stuff like that. You know, uh, saying what Superman meant to them and stuff. And then when people watching him on TV and he was sacrificing himself, he was like, is everybody okay, Lois? Like, yes, Clark, they're okay. You know, and then everybody looking at the TV, holding a Superman picture that they took a picture with Superman and he's dying. I'm like, man, that shit is emotional, man. You know? So it really got you. So they really brought the emotion home. And, and Superman, you know, even though Doomsday was fucking up the whole city, he was actually still saving people in between. So that bullshit they were doing in DCEU, he's he's not doing it here. He's saving people. You know, They even took, you know, nods from the DCEU, from BBS That shot, okay. you know, where he was punching Zod and Doomsday in the space and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That same exact scene is in the movie. Uh, Doomsday shooting out Heat Vision, that was never in the comic books. That's something strictly for the movies. He's doing it here. You know, he, he sees Superman doing one time. He like, oh, I can do this shit too. And he just does it himself, you know. So, yeah, this movie, five out of five. I'm getting five out of five, man. It was <laughs> awesome.
2: We'll write off.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I uh, I got to see. I mean, it's old now. It's been out for a while. But I finally got to see it. I saw Batman Ninja, so this is the uh, the anime version of Batman made by the uh, the producers of uh, Afro Samurai, I believe. Um, so yeah, um, you see the trailer it looked awesome, so I was really excited to see this. But I gotta admit, it, it's not what I expected. Um, plot wise, I thought it was a little a, a little disappointing in the plot. But that being said, it looks amazing. This is some of the coolest animation I've ever seen, especially Batman animation. The fucking animation is just awesome. The fight scenes are awesome. The, 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 the designs, the, the, that, the, the, Jap- the feudal J- Japanese takes on all these characters. Everything looks fucking dope. Um, but like I said, the storyline was a little lame. Eh, cuz i thought i thought it was just going to be like a, a feudal japan version of this of, of the batman myth you know what i mean but no they go back in time and to japan <laughs> so it's like turtles back in time you know
1: oh yeah <laughs> and, that that classic
2: yeah that's what it was like and then batman was like this prophesized you know the, the the this this hero that, that this ninja clan was this prophecy that this this bat this bat ninja would come the white savior yeah. yes yes the, the evil dead army of darkness the hero of the sky shit you know so that stuff was like that really that's what it is ah oh, man so was, that, that's what i'm saying as far as like the plot you know like gorilla grodd it starts out in the in the modern time in modern gotham gorilla grodd has got his uh the quake engine and he fucking sucks everybody back in time. Everybody. The Bat family, the whole rogues gallery, fucking Alfred, they all go back in
0: time. Wow.
2: <laughs> to J- to J- Japan. And, um, and then it just basically all the all the Batman villains have taken over all these different uh, sections of Japan. They're all feudal lords and they're all warring against each other. Um And Batman has to save the day. He teams up with this ninja clan that have been waiting for their savior. And here he is. And they, uh, yeah, they basically kick ass at the end, of course, (laughs) you know, but like the beginning, like the first half of it is just, is really cool. I mean, despite the stupid plot, like it's cool to watch. It's really fun. And then the ending battle is just fucking insane. Um, it, where the fuck the giant robots, all their castles, all the all the different uh, rogues gallery. They all they all have their own castles, and they all turn into giant robots. So it turns into this big giant uh, kaiju battle with, you know, these steampunk robots fighting each other. You know, and then Gorilla Grodd has a bunch of monkeys form into a giant monkey robot, and then Batman has a bunch of bats that turn into a giant Batman robot, and then they all form and.
0: And uh, then him? Joker,
2: yeah, then Joker, his castle combines with the other villain's castle, and they create this giant Voltron robot. It just gets, <laughs> it goes, like, totally insane, you know? It goes, like, and out of nowhere, like, oh, shit, this is giant robots now, you know? Because <laughs> it's anime, They, you know? It's like they, they had to show every anime trope into this movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, and that's so, yeah. the
1: thing, like, you know, he's going to have, like, awesome action, in. so I expect that, so.
2: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I give it a four out of five. I mean, just it's worth it just to look at, you know, the the animation itself is, you know, is is worth your time because it just looks amazing. It's it's just really cool to look at. Um, And and yeah, the different versions of these characters. Yeah. I mean, if they came out with toys, I might actually, you know, buy some. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's Um, how they get you. Yeah, I mean, Samurai Ninja Batman looks dope. Even the villains, like Deathstroke, Samurai Deathstroke looked awesome. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they know? just
1: sound like an awesome combination. So
2: Yeah, you know what I mean? And, you know, those versions of Harley and Joker and, and the Red Hood. The Red Hood had a, like, the, that, those samurai, like those baskets that they wear on their heads and shit. Well, he didn't he have
1: was... guns and shit, right? no they all had swords okay that's why i figured redwood wouldn't have guns i mean
2: but there was guns because they did i mean the Batmobile was in the thing wasn't
1: it the hell okay
2: yeah because it was got sucked back in. like i said everything got sucked back in time but then it got destroyed i mean i won't spoil it but
1: (laughs) okay now i want to i mean here's the, the reason i haven't watched it yet is because i mean believe it or not i'm not an anime fan I feel like cuz you ever seen like those Marvel anime movies like Black Widow and the Punisher and shit?
0: Yeah, I have, yeah. Actually.
1: I was like, yeah, no. I'm not going to sit through that again. But if you saying it's pretty interesting, I I think I'll go check it out.
2: Well, yeah, it's got I mean, it has those weird anime stuff. So like the, there's this middle section where uh Joker and Harley have like have got like amnesia and they're living as farmers out in the countryside of Japan. And that whole sequence is just weird, like just weird, like it's not not it's not in the same style of animation as the rest of the movie. It has like this dream quality. You know? It was like re- just like I said, just that 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 concept of this feudal J- Japan era of the Batman myth. It's just it's just really interesting, and it, and I'll give it points just for trying something new, trying something different. You know what I mean? They took some bold choices. And I and it didn't work out as cool as I was hoping, but it it's still pretty cool. You know what I mean? So
1: So yeah. Yeah. okay, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Now I gotta I gotta ask the question, Eli, because yeah. you know people are gonna bring this up. So if we got these two awesome ass, you know, cartoons, why the fuck aren't these people working on the live action
2: movies? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh why why oh yeah. You know I mean,
1: that's the shit that don't make any sense. I'm sitting here watching Death of the soup Man. I'm like, you could have threw this shit on live action. It's the same story, and you would have made a billion dollars easily. Why the fuck these people aren't working there? What? What? Where's the breakdown? You know, it's like it's like if the MCU sucked, but Agents of Shield was awesome. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like why don't you have Agents of Shield people working on MCU? No, they just throw anybody on Agents of Shield on or Netflix or anything like that. You know. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, moving past that, like I said, go watch those movies if you got a chance to. want to talk about Idris Elba. Now, the okay. reason I want to talk about Idris Elba because I saw something very interesting today. Uh, he was DJing a party outside, and it was like thousands of people outside. And he was partying. And, and you know what, Eli? He was actually pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I was looking at the comments thing like that, and they were saying like, actually, before Idris Elba even became an actor... He was a well-known underground DJ.
2: Yeah, I heard about that. I he was didn't know that. all the hip hop and shit. And yeah, because I thought
1: he was like you, you know I've seen celebrity DJs before like Paris Hilton and shit you know just show up and just collect a paycheck but no he was actually like DJing a like yeah like mixing and stuff like that I'm like okay wait a minute he didn't just just learn this shit did he He's a little bit way too good to this because I thought he was just an actor you know but like he actually had skills for this stuff now only that. Uh, I think about like a year ago, wasn't he in an MMA fight? Was he? I think he was in an MMA fight or boxing match, one or the other. And he won. Okay.
2: Yeah. Like a,
1: a professional fighter. He fought against a professional fighter and won. Oh, was
2: he was he on some wasn't it some show? Like, I don't know he was if it was trying. a show.
1: No, I think it was I think
2: it was a real thing. Yeah, but it was some show where he was trying different things and he says i I'm gonna jump and do a cage fight, you know.
1: Something. Whatever it was, the guy he was playing against was actually like a a professional fighter. Like that's all he did, and he and he beat him. Oh
2: yeah, it says yeah he was he. Yeah, he he did do an MMA
1: fight, I, I, or something. I don't know. So I mean, so is Idris Elba the most interesting man in the world? He might be. He might be. You know, <laughs> stay thirsty, my friends. You know. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. Like I said, it's comic book bullies. So we're gonna get back on topic. Of why I'm bringing up Idris Elba? Because. The thing is, I'm interested in the song he was mixing. The song he was mixing was the James Bond theme. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, and he was like throwing in different mixes and scratches and stuff like that, and the crowd was going nuts when he was doing it. So it makes you think so, does he still want to be James Bond? Even though the producers shut that rumor down last week and we had a t- we had a conversation about this last week where they shut it down and said, No, he's not gonna be James Bond, you know. But him doing this makes it sound like maybe he still wants to be James Bond or maybe he's just playing, you know, with the crowd or, or what. Who
2: knows? He's poking fun or something. Yeah,
1: poking fun and stuff like that, and who knows? And I don't know. And some people, and that, like I said, I know we talked about this last week on I'm bringing it up again. Some people are thinking it shouldn't be a big deal for him to be James Bond because James Bond are all different people, and James Bond is just a code name, so anybody can be James Bond. Uh, I hate to tell you this, but that's not true. James Bond is James Bond, not a codename, it's him. Uh, people think it's a code name. he doesn't use a codename, he tells people his real name because he actually sucks as a spy, so he wants the bad guys to know who he is right before he kills them.
2: And James Bond was based off a book, a character.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was based off a character, right, uh, the character, the book was Casino Royale, so, you know, uh, written by Ian Fleming, who actually was a real British spy, you know, uh, I mean, it's basically like saying anybody can be Batman, but no, Bruce Wayne, even though people, different people have played Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne is still Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Same thing with James Bond. So and, I mean, my thing is, do I care if Jane if it just will become James Bond? I don't care either way, but Eli, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I can see other people's problem with it. Mm-hmm. So I think they should do what a lot of people are saying. Like instead of making him 007, we make him double o eight, double o nine, double o ten.
2: I heard that I can't remember. Maybe it was was a Mark Bernardin on Fat Man and Batman or somebody was talking about that very idea of you know,
0: I don't know.
2: What, what if there was a black Superman or a black Batman? Like, what if Bruce Wayne was black?
1: Well, that's the thing. Bruce Wayne can't be black.
2: Yeah, because then he comes from a different he comes from a different economic background unless right? you know be, right, he because was, unless he was adopted or something. You know, he was taking a a, a reality look, real life look at how that would happen.
1: Yeah, I mean because it's like you said, because it's classism, because Bruce Wayne comes from a general he comes from generation of West. Yeah, he, He's a blue blood. There are yeah. no second generation, you know, black billionaires other than, you know, Daisy's kids and, you know, whoever the fuck else. But other than at least that, not in
2: America, at least not in America,
1: yeah. not right, not in America. So you can't have a, a, a like a blue blood or a 10th generation black billionaire because that doesn't exist. Yeah, You can say, yeah, it's a comic book, but that kind of and it is other things to it also. Because I think if if there was a black billionaire, even if it was a generation of black billionaire, they would find other ways to clean up Gotham than putting on a bad suit and beating the shit out of, you know, the disenfranchised. I think they would be more in tune with how to fix the crime situation, other than doing that. They would, you know, throw money at it, you know, build jobs, build schools, you know, use education. I've always said this, Bruce Wayne could fix Gotham way better than Batman could. Yeah. Yeah, if you read the comic books, Batman actually made Gotham worse. Before Batman, it was just mobsters and gangsters, you know, just just them, and that was it. After Batman, now you got all these super criminals and Joker and scarecrows like that that were inspired by him. So yeah. crime is actually even worse than what it was before Batman even showed up. So what is actually, is he doing?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I think well, we're back reading. to the comic books, you know, yeah. like uh, it's Batman. Cause it's, it's Batman. Watching him punch people is a lot more fun than watching them do a fundraiser.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Who wants just... to read
2: that comic?
1: <laughs> How about that comic right now? Like, no, I, I I, get it. I get it. It's it's power fantasy that's what you want to see but here's the thing Eli now you know me I've I've always liked Superman better than Batman that doesn't mean I don't like Batman I do like Batman but I think I like Batman for a different reason I've never looked at Batman as a power fantasy I've always looked at Batman as like uh, as a as a character study like I've always looked at Batman like this guy is fucked up he's not the guy you want to be I think he is making situations worse just being what he is but it is fascinating that he thinks he's doing the right thing. To me, Batman and Thanos are almost the same guy. No, they're making shit worse, but they think they're doing better.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's the thing. Is the, but he, the, there's still that code. I mean, for me, Bat, the just the the myth. I guess I like Batman on his own. Like I don't give a shit about the Justice League or when he's on the Justice League. I like that world of Gotham that otherworldly quality of that it's it's not a real world it's not a real place it's just this weird you know you don't even know what what era it's in what time period it's in like the like the cartoon or like burton and all that or shit. like gotham or like, the game, or like the arkham games you know what i mean like what what time periods right they have black like and white future. tvs with cell phones yeah. right and there's zeppelins in the sky but then he had there's all this computer technology and shit this is I just like that sci-fi element. It's just like this dystopian, you know, society. That I, that that's what I like
0: about it. You know? I mean, well, yeah.
1: my thing is, I always looked at Batman, like Detective Comics, Gotham Batman, and Just League Batman, as two different characters. Even though they're the same character, I always looked at them as two different characters. But when you read a Batman solo comic, Batman does fuck up. Batman does get hurt sometimes. You know, Batman does make wrong decisions, question himself. You know, things like that. But even with the Justice League, he's the prep guy. He never makes mistakes. Like that Doomsday cartoon I was just telling you about, everybody gets their ass well, except him, you know. So it's like two different characters. Like he'll, how can he get shot by some random criminal in a, in a Gotham comic book or a Dick Deck comic book, but he can, you know, kill Darkseid in a, in a crossover, you know. <laughs> right. How is that the same character, you know, but... I don't know. That's just how I thought about it like that. So I've always looked at Batman as an interesting character, but not as a power fan, not as somebody I identify with. It's just interesting to see what's going through this character's head that thinks he's right. That's all.
2: And plus, he's got cool villains.
1: <laughs> he's got cool villains. Yeah, he's got cool villains. I can't knock that. So it's fun watching him, you know, fight people like that. So yeah. Um, uh, how about Idris yourself? We were. I forgot what we was talking about. Anyway, moving past that. <laughs>
2: Idris Elba was Batman
1: (laughs) yeah let's make Idris Elba Batman and let's really piss off the MAGA fan base (laughs) hashtag that Uh, moving on to the video game section now here's the thing I think not next week but two weeks from now we're actually gonna get the Spider-Man game that's gonna come out that's the game we're gonna be waiting for I will be streaming the game I will review the game I will give you my thoughts on stuff like that and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna love it I've actually bought a PS4 just to play that game so sure yeah, so I'm going to check it out. Me. Yeah, so I'm going to check it out and see what happens from there. Oh, what I was going to say from there. Uh, un- in the meantime, I-, I played another game that I bought oh, yeah. like, on Steam for like $5 stuff like that. Oh, yeah, game- I was
2: supposed to remind you of a game that I can't remember.
1: Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. That's why I pay you the big bucks. <laughs> the game that you were supposed to remind me of was called Vanquish. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, this game came out in 2010. This is not a new game. The game came out in 2010. But the thing is, nobody ever played the game. I think PlayStation gave it away for free one time. Xbox gave it away for free one time. But nobody paid attention to it. There was never a sequel made in eight years. Uh, I think the creator of the game even left that studio company. Went to another company. So, there won't be a second game of that, that made. But, I played this game this weekend. Holy shit, Eli! This game is awesome. This is the best game nobody's ever played.
2: What kind of game is
1: it? It's a shooting game, but it's a shooting game. It's like a action game. It's hard to explain. Like
2: like Max, like kind of like Max Payne or something.
1: Kind of, but it's like way more fast paced than Max Payne. Okay. It, it's I don't I don't it's not I don't know I don't know how to explain the game. Like it's a shooting game, but it's not. But it's I don't know. You just got to play the game. Anyway, the reason I want to talk about Vanquished not only because it's an awesome game, I was actually playing the plot of the game. And the plot of the game is that uh, the Russians have waged war on the United States. And they waged war on the United States by hijacking our satellites. Okay. So they have to... So the United States are sending soldiers... You know, this is in the future. This is in the future. So like way in the future when we're in space, shit like that. So they send soldiers to space... Own a certain satellite that you're both hijacking to get these Russian terrorists off the satellite, and I just thought, holy shit, this is Space Force. <laughs> yeah, this is Space Force, the game. This is they're telling us right now what's going to happen ten years from now. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it is weird, and not only that, I'm the deeper I'm getting to the game, like on the third level, it turns out like the the Russian terrorists. <laughs> was controlling it and uh had dirt on the president the entire time oh really yeah so the president the said, like, we, or whatever yeah like the president we had a deal you didn't say you could do that i'm changing the deal <laughs> i was like oh wow this shit is this is like really fucking me up so if ever if some crazy shit ever happens to this just remember vanquish <laughs> whatever he did in the game to beat the russians you do the same shit so, yeah, let's pass that. Uh, can we move to the bread and butter of the podcast?
2: Are we going to talk about Star Wars Resistance?
1: Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> My fault. I'm, I'm, moving too, I'm moving too fast. Yeah, let's talk about Star Wars Resistance. Uh, Eli, I'm going to let you hit that because you are more versed in it than I am.
2: Okay. Well, they dropped the trailer for the Star Wars Resistance new animated show that will be on the Disney Channel. This fall, I believe. So it, it takes place after. Well, I, I guess it takes place, it's pre Force Awakens. Because it's I got Poe Dammer in it. And okay. it's about, it's about uh, the resistance, building up the resistance. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch it because I don't have Disney Channel. I haven't watched Rebels yet because I don't have a Disney Channel. Um, but I got to say, I thought the animation looks pretty cool. I would like to see it, um, but I guess just like The Last Jedi and the state of Star Wars fandom these days, people are freaking the fuck out. So oh, shit. A pile of shit. You know, Disney's ruined Star Wars. All they do is make crap now. This looks like crap. They're fucking it up there. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't know why. Because
1: Honestly, I think what happened, they saw a a Link... <laughs> of Star Wars Resistance and just shit on it before they even clicked it.
2: Yeah, and it's like okay, they—it's a white guy, right? <laughs> star, starring in the show as the main character. <laughs> um, I don't see. Yeah, I, I don't see what the big. So like, they can't
1: <laughs> claim SJW this
2: time. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, is yeah, he I mean, gay? I don't. I don't, not, I don't Does know. Does he fuck robots? <laughs> I don't know. It's What's a kid's show. I don't know. If we're gonna... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he a libtard? Right. A shit, you, know? <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, they're, they but basically what I've seen on the comics is people just saying, yeah, Disney's ruined, ruined Star Wars. It's a kid's blah, blah, blah. And I think, like, yeah, it is for kids. Cause it's on the fucking Disney channel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, when did that
1: become an insult? That's what I want to know.
2: Yeah. Like. <laughs> But it's like the same thing. People bitching about the Teen Titans cartoon or or the She-Ra, you know. or, or Right.
1: <laughs> like, the shit that was made for five-year-olds. You have yeah, 30-plus-year-old motherfuckers complaining yeah. about some shit made for five-year-olds.
2: Yeah, the new Ninja Turtles cartoons, the new Ninja Turtles movies, you know. <laughs> <It's>
1: right. Like, <laughs> like the shit wasn't made for you. You shouldn't have the same taste a five-year-old does. If it does, hey,
2: good for you. But yeah, you shouldn't. No ch- yeah, and you know, I my thing is like, I, you know, what I'm hoping because I guess this happened with Rebels, from what I hear, that as the series went on, it got better, like the Clone Wars. Because I'll admit, when I first started watching the Clone, when I saw the Clone Wars movie, yeah, I saw the Clone Wars movie in the theaters when it came out. Shit is like ten. This is the tenth anniversary of Clone Wars, the car, the movie. Um, so so, and I saw it in the theater with my kid. And I thought it was okay. I was like, okay, yeah, this thing's for kids, you know. And then when they showed the it, the show premiered on Cartoon Network, even then I was like, eh, it's I. But you know, as it went on, it got deeper and darker and more complex, and you know, motherfuckers were getting their heads cut off and betrayal and and soldiers, you know, sacrificing. It got really sophisticated for a kids show. And it turned out to be awesome, you know? So maybe that they say that's what happened with Rebels. Because I've seen stuff, you know, clips of Rebels, you know, Ahsoka meeting up with Vader again. Because, you know, Anakin used to be her master and stuff like that. And I've seen these really emotional scenes and, you know, Darth Maul meeting up with old-ass Ben Kenobi, you know, on Tatooine and all this shit happening I was like, wow, that looks like pretty cool shit. And you never know. This might happen with that show, you know, yeah, it looks like it's a little lighthearted and for kids, but, you know, you never know. They might, you know, as the show keeps going on, it might get better, you know, but I still think the animation looks cool. You know, mm-hmm. it's not computer-generated. Well, it looks, yeah, it's got that 3D with the uh, the cell animation over it. I don't know what it's called, or it's got that the, cell shade, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks cool.
1: And the thing is, Eli, I think you're I think you're underselling the impact of Clone Wars. I think there that show did bring a lot of fans to it. I think that show did create a lot of new Star Wars fans yeah. and, and rebels, yeah,
2: yeah. and for me, after I started really get like once the second season hit and you know the night sisters and and the the stuff on Mandalore and you know, that was what I felt the prequels should have been. <laughs> You know, it was everything that the prequels missed, you know, yeah. and, and the, all the shit that I wanted from the prequels was in the Clone Wars, all the cool action, you know, Anakin being a badass, you know, not the whiny emo, you know, pussy boy that he was right. <laughs> in the fucking movie. You know, Anakin's a badass. He's killing, he's crossing the line. They're like, what the fuck are you doing, Anakin? Like what? He was going to blow up the ship. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just nonchalantly, like, oh, you know, not that shit. You know, be one's gonna kill me. Oh, it's all his fault. Oh, you know, you, there was none of that. It's just him being a badass, you know, and, and and you know, Ventress and you know, the flipping back and forth with, you know, even Dooku, who I thought was was a like the shittiest villain. I don't know why they didn't just make Maul the main Sith Lord through all three movies, and that's who Anakin had to kill in Sith to become Vader. I don't know why they didn't do that, but Dooku is cool in the cartoon, too. <laughs> yeah, Dooku
1: was, like, flying and shit and all kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah,
2: the Clone Wars is Hell, awesome. Grievous was
1: cool you. in the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grievous was a monster in the cartoon. I'm like, Grievous oh, is going awesome. to the- right? <laughs> yeah. So I was yeah. waiting he for does- him in the movie. And they showed in the movie. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I mean, he didn't
2: do shit. In, 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 in Revenge of the Sith they hyped him up to be this awesome villain and then he gets like
1: right and the first time a, he sees Obi-Wan he runs away
2: yeah he, yeah he gets like his two arms chopped off in like 10 seconds and then <laughs> runs away jumps on a stupid motorcycle and like what the hell you know? <laughs> he's like oh my god he's got four arms and all. they all have lightsabers oh my god that's gonna be so awesome and nope
1: <laughs> right <laughs> and, and and that's where the point I was going to get to with the Star Wars movies, I, I hate to say it, but I've been saying this for the longest. Star Wars movies have sucked ever since the first trilogy ended. You know, they, they've all I'm, sucked. The base, best case they, scenario, have their moments.
2: they have their moments. That's what but I'm saying. Yeah. best
1: case scenario, they've been meh. That's it. Nothing they've done has been like, must watch, you have to see it. They've either sucked, or they've been meh. The thing that has been keeping Star Wars alive has not been the movies. People are fans of Star Wars, not because the movie, they're fans of everything else. The the EU novels, they kept Star Wars alive from then till the prequels came. People are fans of the video games. It's just like you said, people are fans of uh Star Wars Clone Wars, they're fans of Star Wars. The retic- comics, yeah. The comics. That's what I'm yes. saying. It, because people and that's why they're so divided on the movies right now. And that's why they can't get a tone right in the movie, because the fandom are fans of so many different directions. Like, when we grew up, Eli, we were fans of the movies. The movies were it, and everything else was out there, and it was cool, but it was all about the movies. It wasn't about the holiday special. It wasn't about the Ewoks movie. It was about the regular movies, and everything else was basically icing on the cake. Now, these fans are coming from so many different directions, they want this because they remember this and this thing. They remember this from the video game. They remember this from the cartoon. They remember this from the toys. The movie, there is... No way the movies can match that tone of what all of these fanboys want.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean it, it all. I mean the movies have what every Star Wars movies has, which is the cool spectacle, the cool action, the ships blowing up, the lightsabers, and all that cool shit. And that is still awesome to see on the big screen. But yeah, tone wise and plot wise, yeah, they're hit or miss. You know, they, they don't know where to go. Yeah.
0: You I can mean, look at the, that,
1: and, and like, you may love The Last Jedi, but you can tell, like, if you watch the movie again, tonally-wise, they had no idea where to go tonally-wise. Not even plot-wise, yes. tonally-wise.
2: Yeah, I mean, the same thing with Solo. I thought Solo was okay, but, yeah. you know, it was still fun to see the blending Falcon fly through space with that with that theme going on, you know, or, or walking out of the theater to the fan Star Wars fanfare. That never gets old for me. But, you know, what what happens is, like, You know, I think we had one creator controlling everything, you know, for so long, which was George Lucas. And then, you know, he evolved. He got older and his ideas and what he wanted to say artistically changed. And that's why we have the prequels being what they were.
1: Well, the prequels because he had too many yes men.
2: Yeah, I mean no one was there to tell him, hey dude, this kind of sucks. Maybe right. you should have maybe you should have Maul be the main villain. Don't kill Maul, dude. Have right. him be the <laughs> that, that's what I would have told them. <laughs>
1: Instead of it was like kill your best villain in the first act, brilliant. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um but but we don't have that. We're like take Superman or Batman or all the Marvel comics. You know? They've been around for decades. And over the years, what keeps them going and what keeps them vital is you have those different creators who once in a while come along and reinvent the genre, reinvent the characters and make them, you know, relevant for modern current times. You know, like the Frank Millers and the Alan Moores and, you know, we can go on and on and on. And we just haven't had that yet with Star Wars. We had George Lucas and then a bunch of fans that are just like, oh, cool, you know, let's do all this cool shit. I mean, the only one I can think of is uh, Filoni, the guy who did the Clone Wars. Right. Because he was working directly with Lucas, you know, under his tutelage when he was making that show and grew all those characters and all those ideas from himself, but still had the influence of Lucas. But now we have just... You know, a whole new company and just people. You know, all these different filmmakers that are just like, "Oh yeah, I love the shit," but they don't. We haven't found that distinctive Star Wars voice that will launch it and make it relevant for now. Yet, we haven't had that yet. You know, we right. have J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson, and yeah, they have their moments. And, and, and yeah, another I've,
1: thing that kind of screwed up, the, and I hate the shit on last Jedi because so many people does it, but the fact is that they didn't give Ryan Johnson any kind of notes to where to go with the storyline they just yeah. pretty much just just do whatever you want to do yeah screw they like, should have gave him some kind of guy like rein him in a little bit i don't even blame ryan johnson on that he's an awesome film he's a great filmmaker
2: yeah but, i mean jj was the one who put luke on the fucking island right <laughs> <laughs> that was jj's fault <laughs> right you know, he's the one who made luke a, a, a whiny bitch on an island trying to hide from everything <laughs> right you know that was jj who they're bringing back and who they think is going to save star wars again but you know my thing with last jedi i mean yeah i liked it but i can i understand why people have a problem with it and in the the grand scheme of things you know if we're going to talk about the skywalker saga yeah last jedi is very low on the scale you know what i mean as far as the entire skywalker saga it's like really that's it you know, we got one more movie, and then this shit is done. Right. That's what she gave us. <laughs> and the last
1: Skywalker is some some asshole nobody even likes.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like I had no
1: idea what even going to go with the third movie. I mean, honestly, Last I felt like the last movie. Like you could have just ended it that said. Like at least with Empire Strikes Back, you could. Okay, I know where the next story is going. I want to see where it goes from here. You don't even know where the next story is going to go with after the last Jedi.
2: Yeah, especially with Carrie Fisher passing away, you know, that was supposed to be her movie where she she was supposed to face off with Kylo Ren. Right. And that which which sounds interesting and awesome, but now we don't get to see that now. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, like I said in the beginning, why and I know why they did it. I know why bringing back the old characters was all about money, but for me as a fan, I wanted to see a whole new time period a whole new you know bloodline you know give me something different you know what i mean (laughs) you know instead of cramming made as much money yeah that's what i'm saying yeah it's all it was all about money but they could have you know brought something different to the universe and that's what i like this
1: eli if you were disney zick what do you want one billion or you want two billion
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah
1: so yeah yeah. uh yeah i got i got nothing else with star wars (laughs) <laughs> uh, the show I haven't cl- clicked it yet, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a good show. Like I said, everything they've done outside the movie's actually been pretty good. So.
2: Yeah, it looks cool. I mean, like I said, I don't have Disney Channel, but uh, Dude, you one of these the days, app, man, I know once you it, that, watch that it on the that's app. You know. yeah, then because the, the yeah, there's more Clone Wars coming out that is gonna be on that app. Right, so it's like that's that's like and this new show they're gonna have a new show that uh, what's his name Favreau's. Producing, he's in charge of, you know. That's supposed to take place between Jedi and Force supposed Awakens.
1: About Mandalorian.
2: Yeah, Mandalore. Yeah. So. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I might have to get rid of one of these. One of these apps might have to go if I'm going to want to watch. Bye bye Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's where like daredevil and shit is going <laughs> you know? shit they can keep daredevil <laughs>
1: <laughs> jessica jones and iron fist part two we never did talk about iron fist season two did we
2: no yeah.
1: I, I, I i honestly i don't give a shit about talking about the other. i would just bring it up I, really I, to I, 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 about it.
2: I still haven't even watched all of the first season you lucky yeah. bastard okay yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the the last Luke Cage season though that was really good you know and I it still was and that's, that's the thing
1: film. these Netflix shows they're here or miss you don't know what you're gonna get yeah. you know but Jessica not, Jones disappointed the hell out of me I was like I can't see it's gonna be like this
2: you know I know I I kind of like the the new season I mean I like I guess I like her character more yeah it's slow but I like her character um,
1: I like but, I like her character I do but the yeah. show itself I was like it was just so much filler in there it was like. You yeah, they have really are, shaved this shit down.
2: Yeah, they are really long. They they don't need to be thirteen episodes.
1: I'm I'm hearing Iron Fist won't be thirteen episodes. Okay, <laughs> which is good. That's about the best news I can hear. For her.
2: And I I've heard that they actually gave him some like fight training too, but I don't know. I haven't watched the trailer, so I don't,
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. Everybody's going crazy with the trailer. I'm like, it looked like the same bullshit that happened last season.
2: <laughs> and yeah, and the Punisher doesn't excite me either and i forgot that
1: he was season. even a thing man. Yeah, man i
2: don't know so oh we were we we didn't mention uh what's his name logan paul wanting to be an mma fighter <laughs> oh
1: yeah i hope just somebody whoop his ass i don't care if you're in the mma or not just whoop his ass
2: yeah there was that story where he was on i guess well he's a youtube star right and yeah, he yeah talking, he's
1: on youtube talking,
2: and talking some shit how he'd like to get into mma or join the ufc because he used to wrestle back in high school or whatever, and he thinks he could actually take somebody. And then Lexi Alexander, um, she was the director of the Punisher Warzone. She used to be in uh, a uh, a champion kickboxer, you know, and a stunt woman. She worked on a bunch of stunts, uh, movies on like Mortal Kombat and, you know, and like Batman, one of the Batman movies and shit. Wow, okay. um, she she said I might have to. She tweeted back in I might have to re- come out of retirement for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> everybody should be chomping at the bitch to whoop his ass. Man.
2: Yeah, so I just thought that was funny. I
1: don't know. He just he just looked like he has a punchable face. That's all.
2: Oh yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I want to sign up for it. If you want me to fight Logan Paul, somebody get in contact with him. He might kick my ass, but I don't care. <laughs> Uh, maybe you say, "Can we move on past this?" And yeah, yeah. okay, let's let go. Okay, now we're going to the bread and butter. We're actually going to talk about the the comic books that came out this week. Uh, and the first book I'm going to talk about is Justice League number six. Right. So, like I said, Justice League number six. This is the storyline of the totality. I guess it's totality part six. And of the cover, I want to talk about the cover of this book for a second. Now, the cover of this book has Gorilla Grodd with a baby strapped to his chest holding Flash hostage, mind-controlling Wonder Woman and Aquaman to kill each other. Now, I just want to say something.
2: None of oh, that, that shit happens.
1: Ha- yeah. Oh. You, you, you see it on the screen. That's what's happening right now. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. So I just want to just say, none of that shit happens in this book.
2: Damn
1: it. Yeah. So it's a complete blatant, blatant switch. They say, at the mercy of Grodd. None of that shit happens. Now, he does have a baby strapped to his chest, but I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> But uh, basically how the story starts off is that they have this evil ultraviolet lantern core planet called Umbrax. Size of the Earth and it's headed towards Earth and it's controlling the Earth right now. And the Justice League are trying to figure out, you know, how to defeat this Umbrax planet that's about to consume all of them. Because that planet is basically turning half of the Earth into the green, the ultraviolet lantern core with Sinestro controls. So Sinestro controls half the planet in his own private army and, and the Justice League are trapped in the hall of justice because the ultraviolet Lantern Corps is surrounding the Justice League, trying to get them out of there, you know, but while they're stuck there, we go to where the totality is right now. And what we have here is Martian Manhunter and Superman. Now Martian Manhunter has this big shit eating grin on his face. Because he's being mind-controlled by the Joker. And Superman has this smug asshole look on his face. Because he's being controlled by Lex Luthor. So they're inching closer to the totality to become, you know, gods and stuff like that. And Lex Luthor basically uses Superman's body to get there. And before, and he's got this, and basically he's the size of like Adam. Like a little cell inside of Superman's brain, stuff like that. And before he can reach the totality to become a god. A hand punches through the window of his a little ship inside of Superman's brain and pulls him out of it. And it turns out it's Batman. Batman, who's also been shrunk to a little atom also. Uh, and Lex Luthor like, wait a minute, I, I killed you uh, like last issue or something like that. I, I, I made Superman's white blood cells eat you. How are you still here? And then Batman pulls out his kryptonite ring. He's like, this is still Superman's body and I know how to stop it. And Lex Luthor's like, you brought a kryptonite <laughs> ring into Superman's body. And you're supposed to be his best friend? Okay, that's fucked up. And Batman is like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to take you down, Luther. And I'm going to take down that, that item in your hand right now. Because uh, Lex Luthor has this doorknob in, in his hand that he calls the Doom weapon. That can, like, get some already, like, unlimited power right now. But he won't even more unlimited power. So Lex Luthor and Batman fight and shit like that. They go back and forth. Batman starts kicking Lex Luthor's ass. Lex Luthor's like, uh, Joker, give me a hand. I need backup. So... This joke controlling control the Martian manhunt, you know, with that shitty grin, he turns around and looks at Superman uh Superman, we've never met before. We don't have much interaction with each other, but I think we should get to know each other. So his hands start turning into like little tentacles and stuff like that. Go through Superman's eyeballs, and these little tentacles start swiping at Batman trying to kill him. So Batman keeps getting tagged by the tentacles stuff like that. And he's like, Hawk girl, wake the fuck up. Take Joker out. And Joker hears him on the intercom. He's like, nah, I've already killed Hawk girl. I've, I hit it with my strongest Joker venom. So after I'm done killing you, I'm going to take a crowbar to her and chop her up into pieces and beat the fuck out of her and as soon as he turns around paul girl smacks him in the face he's like yeah the joker venom wasn't strong enough so she takes control of the ship uh and batman and joker i mean batman and lex luther back fighting again and they fight over the doorknob stuff like that and batman right before he thinks he got the doorknob lex luther grabs it first lex luther grabs the doorknob and blasts batman in the face fucks batman up and he was like, now that I got this doorknob, and he instantly t- gets his hands on the totality also. He like, now that I got this, uh Justice League, you get the fuck out of here. So he teleports the Justice League back to the Hall of Justice. That's uh Martian Manhunter, Superman, and Batman. And Batman, like I said, is fucked up. John Land- John Stewart looks at J- Batman and he's laying on the ground. Both his arms and legs are broken. He's like flopping on the ground and shit like that. Like, who did that to Batman? You know, so um and then they all thinking like, oh, this is all my fault. Lex is getting the ultimate power. He's about to become a god. We can't stop him. And I forgot to tell you about what Flash is doing. Yeah, with Gorilla Grodd, like I said, he's got a baby strap to his chest. And the reason he has a baby strap to his chest is because this baby is the son of this super villain called the Turtle, which is one of Flash villains that can make Flash stop and basically steal the speed for from Flash. And now Grodd has the same ability also to make Flash like, move and like, super slow-mo, stuff like that. So they go down there, they steal a whole bunch of weapons stuff like that. And Flash realizes that the only way that they can beat the Delegion the of Doom is to not fight these weapons they're using against them, is but to embrace these weapons they're using against them. Like stop trying to fight the steel force, become one with the steel force. Jon Stewart realized instead of trying to fight the ultraviolet landing power, embrace the ultraviolet landing planner power. And Martian Manhunter realized the only way I can beat. Every, uh beat Luther is to not hide my feelings away from just league but to open myself up to everybody on the planet and tell them who I am. And he speaks to everybody on the planet at the same time and he tells them that Luther was right. Luther was saying we need to embrace the darkness and embrace these fears that we have against ourselves and stop pretending like we're better than them and admit that we all have faults. That's what Luther been saying the whole time. And once we admit that then we can be better than Luther. We can finally beat him. And while they're doing that, Jon Stewart uh, gets in like flash spaceship or car, stuff like that. And he speeds all around the world to try to uh, stop the ultraviolet, like to stop the ultraviolet core and, you know, turn everybody back to normal. But what happens is that he, he takes out the ultraviolet core and removes it from the earth. But instead of being replaced by, you know, green or by the regular, the planet brights up with the white light And you pan out and you see the Earth is covered with the White Lantern Core symbol. So it looks like Jon Stewart turned every single person on the planet into a White Lantern. And that's how the book ends. Okay. So it looks like next book is going to be Planet Earth and the White Lantern Core, which is all of us versus Umbrax. So I think. Still Snyder? Still Snyder. Oh, yeah, it's Snyder. We're balls deep in Snyderism.
2: Yeah, I, I was about to say,
1: that sounds like some Snyder shit. This is some Snyder shit. Yeah, we're all in there. I give this book a 3.5 out of 5. It was better than what I've been reading before. Uh, I did have to go to Wikipedia to find out what the fuck was going on because I saw that symbol at the end of Look, how, What the fuck is that? I don't know. So I had to go back and reread it. I'm like, oh, that's a white land of crime. I remember that from Blackest Night and stuff like that. So, yeah, as long as I keep my Wikipedia next to me, I can understand what's going on with it. So, I, look, if I'm having trouble with this Just League book, I can imagine somebody not versing this shit having trouble with it. Because you're going to pick this up and you're be like, why the fuck does Grilla Grilla have a baby strapped to his chest? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's all I got.
2: All right. Well, I guess I'll go, you know, I'll go with uh, Darth Vader 19. Um, now, I've been, like, I was... I dropped the, the Star Wars books last year. Um... Just cause, like, I was reading too much shit. Not that they suck, but I was just reading too much shit, you know. Met, you know, dark knight metal was happening. You know, I had too much shit to read, and I'm like, I got a Marvel app. I can just read the shit on the Marvel app. So, so I, I, uh, I, I, um, had, was reading the Vader book for a while, and I put it down. But then they started this new, um, this new arc, story arc, uh, called Castle Vader. Is that what it's called? Castle Vader, Castle Vader, or or yeah, that, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um... Anyways, I can't remember what it was. it's. It's a new story arc where Darth Vader is hooking up with the Inquisitors. Now, the Inquisitors are from the 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 Rebel show. They are the villain. the The Grand Inquisitor was of the main villain on the re, on the on the Rebel show, as I've heard. Um, and they're basically these force sensitive individuals who are going around hunting down the remains of the last of the of the, the last of the Jedi that that survived Order sixty six. So they help they're helping Vader track down all the missing Jedi that are in hiding. Um, and that and this book, holy shit! It starts out there's this like this this ex Jedi named Eve. Kuth, I believe his name is, and his wife just gave birth to a to their baby, like literally just gave birth. And he's like, about oh, can I hold her? And then Vader comes in, and he's like, I need that kid. (laughs) And he's like, what? No, no. He's like, I'm not even a Jedi no more, man. I, 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 like, I was kicked out of the, I was kicked out of the Order, like before the Clone Wars. Like, I got, I, I'm not a Jedi anymore, man. He's like. Is it doesn't matter. Is he, so there's a. it basically turns into a big fight where they're fighting over the kid. And, of course, Vader kills him, takes the kid. And I'm not sure. I've looked at this a couple of times, and I guess it's left to interpretation. I don't know if Vader kills this baby or not. The baby's crying, and then he grabs the baby, and there's this, this silence. And the baby's eyes open wide, like really wide open. Maybe, maybe they it
1: to be ambiguous.
2: Yeah, and then and then later on, he goes and uh, he hands the baby over to some like Sith people or or some Empire people, you know. So he hands the baby off so, to, to some more Inquisitors, basically. So I'm not sure if he killed that baby or not. But it, either way, it's pretty brutal that he come. The baby just you know just came out of the the womb and he kills their parents and shit and takes. <laughs> <laughs> And he's basically, yeah. So this is the start of them, of Vader and these Inquisitors hunting down the remaining Jedi. Um, and it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I would assume that because the Inquisitors are not in any of the movies, that when, once he's done with all the Jedi, he's just going to kill these motherfuckers. Because they... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, so which I I would love to see. So yeah, I give this a four out of five. Um, I'm back, back on the Vader book. So, so yeah.
1: Cool. have you ever played the Force Unleashed?
2: Yeah, the, the first, I played the first one.
1: That, that's what I mean, just the first one, like the very yeah. beginning level where he's hunting down Jedi and shit like that, and he goes to planet Kashyyyk and he's just like mm-hmm. killing Wookiee Well, you're killing Wookiee because you playing as Vader. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's fun as hell, yeah, man. Just killing yeah. Wookiees and shit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's – yeah, that was everything we want Vader to do – see Vader doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like for – I mean, Gomer. I was listening to uh, The Skeeks in Comics, and Gomer was saying like, hey, if, if you're if if you a Star Wars fan who hates the movies and don't like where the movie's been going, just pick up the comics. Because yeah. everything you want to see is in the comics. You know, Vader being badass, Luke – you know, being Superman Jedi.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> we already we already mentioned it. You you want to see anything Star Wars cool? See anything other than the movies?
2: Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh. Yeah. Next book I got is going to be Infinity Wars number two. Okay. So Infinity Wars number two. Like I said last time, we left off with the book. Uh, Gamora was revealed to be the big bad. Called Requiem, and she the book ended with her killing Star Lord. So the book opens up. This book opens up in the past where you know Thanos is like killing a whole bunch of people because that's what Thanos does. And you see little child Gamora, you know, just like you saw in the movie and stuff like that. And she's talking to him, she's like, why, why do you do this? Why do you do what you do? And she was like, Because it's the natural law of the universe, only the strong survive. You're like, Yeah, but you're like killing people on purpose. She's like, well, the universe works through me. And she's like, Well. Nobody lives forever. So eventually somebody's going to be stronger than you and kill you too. And you're like, maybe maybe you're right. And then while she's standing in the shadow of him, I guess the universe is preparing somebody to kill me eventually. Now cut to a little bit in the past or like a a week before in the past, you see Gamora chopping off Thanos' head, you know, and then she picks it up and put it in a bag and walks off with it. But you can see that as she chop off the head, Thanos actually like talking to her in her mind in her mind. And he's saying, like, if anybody was to kill me, I'm glad it was my favorite daughter. So even though Thanos is dead, he's still fucking with her in, in her mind, you know, driving her crazy, stuff like that. Now, cut to present time, you see Gamora stabbing uh Peter in the in the throat, I mean in the chest or whatever, like that, you know, impaling him. And but right before he does that, Doctor Strange shows up and he sees Gamora and Peter were arguing, and then she kills him. And he just says, the, and he stops time because he has a time capsule, a uh, time stone or whatever. He says, uh, Ted, Nancy, I hate to break this up, but uh I got to stop this for a second. So he re- actually rewinds time, takes Star-Lord out of there, and somehow he uh plucks Star-Lord from another dimension or like the dimension that he didn't die in and put him in this one. So he like, wait a minute, did, did Gamora kill me? And that's really like, oh yeah, she killed you. But don't worry, even though you're dead, i took you from another universe where you're not dead so you're okay you're like yeah whatever so they get to fighting and gamora fights the rest of them and stuff like that and uh dr strange actually gets out of there and he takes turk with him you know turk from the netflix shows and he just reason with him he just talked to him he was like look give me the mind stone you made, you already did the mind stone you got your money you did it by insider trading by reading the stockbrokers minds and making billions and stuff like that so you got your money. Just give me the stone because if you don't give me the stone, you're going to have people like Gamora coming at you and even more crazy people coming at you that don't care how much money you have. They're going to chop your head off and throw it down a, a a hill. So he was like, huh? Take the mind stone. And he just throws him back to wherever he was and they keep fighting. So Gamora keeps fighting and fighting and fighting and eventually the Avengers show up and they were like, okay, we, we're going to stop this shit now. We're going to stop this fight cold. And after she shows up, I mean, after the Avengers show up, Captain Marvel looks at Gamora and she's like, uh, I want all y'all to stand back because I want to have a conversation with Gamora because I owe her one. And Captain America's like, be my guest. So Captain America, I mean, Captain Marvel dashes right at Gamora. They get the fighting. And then Captain Marvel shoots Gamora up into space and they fight some more and fight some more. And while they're fighting, Quill talks to Captain America. He was like, Let me talk to Gamora one more time. Maybe i talk her down. I kept like, You already tried that. Didn't work. While they're doing that, this big explosion happens in the sky. And then, like, Gamora's sword with the power stone in it, it falls to the ground. And then when it falls to the ground, Captain Marvel basically is holding Gamora. She's knocked out. And he lay and she lays her on the ground. And you're like, yeah, the fight's over. And Quill is basically saying, Look, I don't care what happens. I'm taking Gamora back with me. You can have the stone, but she's coming back with me. And Doctor Strange is like, she can't go back with you. She got to, you know, pay for her crime. Like, what crime did she commit? She killed Thanos? All we need to know is what time is the parade. But while they're arguing and stuff like that, Captain America looks down at Gamora, and Gamora starts tapping the ground. And Captain America looks at her, and then he looks at Captain Marvel. And then Captain Marvel looks back at Captain America. And Captain Marvel says, oh, shit. Okay, I didn't want to go this way, but it looked like it's gonna to have to. Because Captain Marvel had the reality stone. So apparently when they was fighting in space, Gamora took it from her and now it's pretending to be Captain Marvel. So what, when it right before Captain America could do something, Gamora somehow takes Doctor Strange and Captain America and mashed them together? Like violently, like blood splattering everywhere, and they become one person with two heads. Where they're lying on the ground, then Iron Man shows up to try to stop them. She beats the shit out of Iron Man, takes his reality stone. So she's just taking stones from all of these people. She, uh, lifts up her telekinetically lifts up her power stone, sees Adam Warlock and chops his head off. And the soul stone just falls out of his head. So she has all of the stones and all she decides to do is just open this, open a a portal to the soul world. And like an old version of her comes out and comes back into her. And now she's completely whole. And they're like, okay, wow, that's cool. So while she's doing that, she's like, okay, well, what do I do now? Because I killed all my friends, uh, but I had the reality stones. So what do I go next, and then she turns around, and it's Loki. And Loki says, how about we come to an arrangement? And yes, how the book ends. So, teams okay. yeah. up with Loki. Loki does whatever. I get the book of one to five. Pretty cool. Much more chop off people's heads. We, uh, now, at first, I thought that Captain America and Doctor Strange died, but they didn't die. She combined them because have you been hearing have you been keeping up with what they plan to do with the Infinity War storyline? What's that? They're going to combine certain heroes into each other, like Ghost Rider and Black Panther could be the same guy. And Captain America and Doctor Strange gonna be the same guy. They're gonna be called the Soldier Supreme or some shit. So okay, that's I- where the storyline is going, but that's like down the road. But that's eventually where it's where it's headed to.
2: So. I don't know how to feel about that.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a whole bunch of shit spider-man and moon knight gonna combine it's a whole bunch of this shit you know
2: whatever well well all right the house of ideas <laughs> all right my next book is the terminator sector war number one um now this is pretty cool um i'm a huge terminator fan well the first two terminators the basically um, but I actually read a bunch of the Dark Horse uh, comics of the 90s, the Terminator comics from the 90s. But um, but this one, it's basically in the it's it's in the same canon as the the fir- very first movie. Uh, the year is 1984. Um, the you know as we know the Terminator was sent back to kill Sarah Connor because she's you know the, the the mother of John Connor. We have Kyle Reese who was sent back to protect her and all. We know how that turned out. Well, this is the same, I think it's the same night or around the same time. They actually sent the second Terminator back to kill a police officer, this female police officer named Lucy Castro. And that's basically all this first issue is. The Terminator shows up in New York instead of L.A. and um, and basically chases this cop. She's having she's having a really shitty day. Uh, this guy rolls up on her um you know tries to kill her she shoots the fuck out of him realize he's not getting he's not dying from getting shot up and it's just a chase a simple chase um we don't know why she the terminator's trying to kill her all that he said was he's the father and he's trying to end the resistance so i'm not sure what that means but she is pregnant we find out that she's pregnant so we don't know what who the father is or why they need to kill her. Um, but it's intriguing. I would like to know. So, yeah, I give it a shit, a 4.5 out of 5. I mean, the only thing I can complain about is it was a little short. Like, it was really fast-paced. Um, I mean, art-wise, I mean, there's very little dialogue and text. It's really mostly visuals that tell the story. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was cool. Um, they haven't lost me yet, so I'm going to see where this goes. And, and yeah, uh, I, I dig on this. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but there was a theory about the Terminator, the first, very first Terminator movie.
1: Okay. And about,
2: and about how they can retcon or reboot the Terminator.
1: Well, I mean, they, it's, it's time travel, but then they already kind of rebooted in Genesis?
2: they yeah they keep doing that but they say one thing a a, a storyline that they haven't they haven't um explored is that maybe reese isn't john connor's father that um in the very first movie sarah connor was supposed to go out on a date with a dude who stood her up and that's how she ended up on, on her own going out by herself when reese found her but there was a message machine when she checked her messages and there's a guy who says, sorry, Sarah, can't make it, blah, 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 blah. So she was dating a guy. And the theory is that she might have had sex with this guy and that he's the father of Reese. And oh. this – so that's just a theory that I thought, No, well, that, that's pretty cool. <laughs>
1: but, I mean, let's say that is the case. How does that change anything?
2: Um, I don't know. Well, that, that gets it out of the time loop because they're stuck in a time loop. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? because Reese has to go back. Reese must go back in time. You know, you know you you can't like even if even if the fucking terminator did kill Sarah Connor, you can't the, the terminators will still never be, you know, will, will never go back. In, that that ruins them going back in time, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So this is some Doctor Who shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I know it's is
1: because they set the movie, the first two movies up as a time loop, and then they're trying to explain it away, like, oh, it's not a time loop, you can change things, but uh, I don't I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a fixed moment in time now, so if, mm-hmm. if this guy ain't, if Reese isn't the father, then it's not a fixed moment in time, I guess. They're not stuck in that loop. This yeah, gets yeah, them but, out of that
1: loop. Right, but at the same time, Reese does have to go back, at least, at least to tell Sarah Connor that the Terminator is yeah. coming.
2: Yeah, that is true.
1: Okay. So. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, if it, okay. This is my book of the week. Okay. My book of the week is Extermination Number One. Okay. Okay. For those that want to like, what the fuck is that? Okay, it's an X Men book.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I gathered. Yeah,
1: because X Extermination, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the nineties, you know. The other thing we re- we rarely review X Men books on this book because honestly, I think X Men have fell all the fuck off. But now that Fox have you know and disney have merged i feel like disney kind of gives a shit about them again and they realized the inhumans was a bus so they're like let's actually put some energy into the x-men again okay you know so basically how the book starts off it starts off 20 years into the future in an apocalyptic future where all the x-men are dead because that's how every x-men book starts of off yeah that's <laughs> tuesday for them you know but anyway they see this one mutant that's still alive looking at all the x-men dead on the ground he was like that old bastard he didn't do what he was supposed to do now i gotta go back and fix his problem so he okay, goes back in time of course because that's what they do <laughs> so go to the present time you see they're in chicago and there's this protest uh they're outside they're protesting mutants and stuff like that muties go home humans first you know Make America mutant-free again, whatever. And they're chasing down two mutants, from two French-speaking mutants. And before they can attack them, and, you know, like a mob and do whatever they might do to them, the X-Men show up. Now, the roster of this X-Men are the teenage X-Men. You know, Teenage Cyclops, Teenage Jean Grey, Teenage Iceman, Teenage Beast, Teenage Angel, and a teenage vampire storm named Bloodstorm. Okay. Yeah, so apparently they're all from an alternate reality, but she's from a different alternate reality that's ended up with this reality with them. So she's one of the X-Men also. So, yeah, they fight off the, you know, the angry mobs or like that, rescue the mutants, and they take them back to, you know, the X-Mansion where Kitty Pride is, you know, the headmaster, stuff like that. She takes me like, don't worry, we'll take care of these mutants. We'll give them a good home. But they don't know where the mutants came from. They say, whoever did it, the mine's been wiped. They're from France. We don't know how the hell they got in Chicago. So something's not right here. But anyway, while they're trying to figure that out, Cyclops X Vampire Storm out on a date. And they go eat Thai food. And the reason he goes to Thai, because they said where he comes from in his dimension, they don't have Thai food. So he wants to do that. And they having a good conversation and thinking we're thinking about going back to our reality. But if I go back to my alley, I might lose Storm and I want to stay with you, Storm, and blah blah blah. And all that stuff like that, while they're doing that, oh, of course they get attacked by some evil supervillain. This evil supervillain shows up and he's got these two evil mutants with striped faces on them that he calls his hounds. He said, Hounds, attack, you know, and they go, I want Cyclops. And while they attacking Cyclops, uh, he tries to run off to kind of distract them, but then he tells Storm to get out of there. But Storm doesn't leave. She stays there, and that evil mutant kills Storm. Stabs her right through the chest. He was like, a vampire mutant? just like the worst thing you can think of. you like, I'm glad I brought something specifically to kill her. So, Storm, uh, Cyclops gets pissed off because they just killed his girlfriend. He takes off his glasses, and you know what happens when he takes off his glasses blasts him the fuck out of there, blows up the whole building, shit like that and and the little dude and the the main guy was like okay this little cyclops is more powerful than i thought he was so before cyclops can blast him again they teleport out of there you know and then he's on the comms he's like man down man down we got to get storm back to the mansion stuff like that so they get back storm back to the mansion but it doesn't matter she's already dead uh gene Grayson's out the telepathic thing to all the teenage x-men get back to the x-mansion right now we got to find out what's going on we got a dead x-man Iceman don't want to go because he got tickets to Hamilton. He's like, I've been trying for three months. I'm stuck here. I'm not leaving. You're like, okay, I'll come. So he shows up late. While he shows up late, he gets shot at by, you know, by some sniper. You know, And he's just dodging bullets. He don't know who's hitting him or where they're hitting him from. He has off in this little department store. And then somebody tells him, get up. And he turns around, and it's Cable. Cable just pops out of nowhere. He's like, Cable, you the one shooting at me? He was like, no, but I'm trying to protect you so these guys won't kill you. So he's like, get behind me and I'll cover fire while you get the hell out of here because you got to get back to the mansion. And Ice Man is like, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, I can't just leave you. He's like, get the fuck out of here. But before he can go, Ice Man gets, you know, shot in the neck by some kind of dart and he, you know, gets paralyzed and he just passes out. So while he's doing that, that, that same guy that we saw at the beginning of the book in you know, 20 years in the future, he's here now in the present staring down Cable. And he's telling Cable, all of this is because you didn't do your job. And Cable was telling him I couldn't do I had they had to see for themselves. If I if I would have did the job, then you know, things would have got even more messed up. And then they fight and they shoot at each other and get the gunfights like that, and they knock them down. And somehow the the other guy gets the best of cable and puts two shots in his guts, you know. And Cable's just sitting there just bleeding out. He's trying to get to his gun. We can get to the gun. The guy picks up the gun, holds both. He was like, Now nah, I gotta clean up your mess that you didn't finish. And the guy. Empties both guns in the cable. Empties the clip. Cable's dead. Damn. So, and then he picks up Iceman, puts him on his shoulder, and said, "Body slide two Now, the, here's the thing for people not familiar with X Men: body sliding is a very, very specific term that Cable uses when he wants to say teleport or time travel or whatever the fuck he's doing. So, whoever this guy is, obviously knows Cable or is familiar with Cable or whatever. So. That being said, the X-Men, you know, Jean Grey gets a Cerebro. She tracks down Iceman because Iceman never showed her back to the mansion when she told him to get there. They track him to the department store. They get there. Iceman is gone. Uh, And they're like, so who the fuck did this? And Cyclops is pissed. He's like, where's that guy that killed Storm? Help me find him. And they're like, and Rachel, like one of the X-Men, she's like, whoever that guy is? He didn't do this. Somebody else did this. Like, I don't care. Find me that guy. And then we go... To another undisclosed location that they don't tell us, we see Iceman who's been kidnapped. He's placed into the stasis chamber. And the assassin, you know, that kidnapped him takes off his helmet or hood or whatever like that. And it turns out it's Teenage Cable. So, that's how the book ends. Okay. And, of course, you see on the back of, you see the five X-Men that I said in the book. It has an X on Iceman's name. So, apparently, he's coming for the rest of them, too. Overall, give this book a 4.5 out of 5. Like I said, I I don't know how I feel about these teenage X-Men. And I think... Eli, you think uh, Marvel's about to cross these guys off? Like, okay, we've done enough of these books. It's time to get back to the real X-Men.
2: Yeah, I I mean, Wolverine's back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So it's like we don't need two two of these X-Men running around. Because I think they're bringing Cyclops back too, so we don't need teenage Cyclops. So... I don't know. I mean, just this is probably like the first teenage X Men book I read, other than you know the Stan Lee shit back in the day. But you know, like alternate reality, this time displacement, they seem pretty interesting. I had a problem with it, but it looks like it looks like Marvel has said, okay, they've run their course. All right. So I don't because cool. it's like a five issue miniseries. So yeah. Uh, anything else we got on tap, or
2: uh, I got. It. I'm good.
1: Okay, I guess we're good. Uh, like I said, if you listen listening this long, definitely like, share, and subscribe. We have like a shit ton of podcasts. We have uh, our sister podcast, Geek Sav. We also have a Comic Cast. Like I said, they're going to review the same books we did. So listen to their opinion on what they think about these books. Uh, we also have Get Valiant. They're cranking out Valiant books all the time. We have Instruments in Destruction. Finally cranking out podcasts on the regular now. Uh, comic Cat, not Comic Cast. Get Geek and Comics. Like I said, Gomer and A.K. Davis still going strong. I'm pretty sure it's like eight other podcasts I forgot the name, but definitely go down and listen. Listen to the rest of them. Uh, and like I said, this we all like to end a song that kind of fit the theme of this episode. So like I said, since of course we're going to do a Aretha Franklin tribute, and I want to do a Aretha Franklin tribute with a a song that most deaf sample with her vocals called Miss Fat Booty. So that's going to be the song. Uh, until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And we will talk to you guys same bully times, same bully channel. I
0: know. Man, I can't afford to stop. For I was too slow. I, I too So i yeah, I know. Like you, I can't afford to stop. Wow, man. Bro. It's it's let me tell you about it. Y'all. and she came with the same type game the type of girl giving out the fake self phone the name big fame, big fame she like cats a big things jewel ship money clip phone flip the six range casino seen her on the half spotted her more than once Ass so fat that you can see her from the front. She spot me like paparazzi. Shot me a glance, and that cat woman stands with the fat booty pants hot damn. What's your name, love? Where you came from? Neck and wrist laced up, Every little makeup. The swims at the Reebok gym tone. Your frame up a sugar and spice. The only thing that you made up. I tried to play a low key, but couldn't keep it down. Asked her to dance, and she was like, Yo, I'm leaving now. An hour later, Sam's from Jamaica. She's sipping Chris straight up, skanking while in the waist up. see See. My fan throwing the jam for readers on the stand. Big things is in the plan huh. The brother, Big Moon, makes space for me to move in here. Yo, this my man, Moe's baby. Let me introduce. I turn around. You was the same pretty bird who I had priorly observed. Trying to play me for the herd. Her. Shocked to tell she couldn't get it together. I just played along and pretended I never met her. How you feeling? No, oh, I'm fine. My name is Moe. I'm, I'm Charisse. heard so much good about you. It was it's nice it. to finally meet. He moved to the booth preserve. The crew, especially in Honey Love, ended up sitting directly next to me I'm tight, polite, but now I'm looking at her skeptically Cause baby girl got all the right weaponry designer fabrics, fabric, shoes and accessories Chinky eyes, sweet voice, me with me mentally Be that made her laugh, yeah, you know me, bro Even though I know the steelo she wild, sweet, yo I'm about to murk, I say peace to the family She hop up like, how you gonna leave before you dance with me? Dance with me. She blew my whole head I was like, what? Wow. I played it low, though, I was like, yeah, alright, come on then, let's go Man. This is so sick. I tell you, yo, honey was so blazing. she was, yo, she was like Jane Kennedy, word war to my mama, man. She was that L, man. She take me to the dance floor and she start whispering to me. Yo, let me apologize for the other night. I know it wasn't right, but baby, you know what it's like. Some brothers don't become coming right. I understand, I'm feeling you. Besides, can I have a dance? Ain't really that original. We laughed about it, traced the arms across my shoulder blades. They playing lovers rock, I got the fold the fingers on the waist. We in my butt up like the Arizona summer song finishes. She whispered, honey, let's exchange. Number three. Weeks and late night conversation in the crib, heart racing, trying to be cool and patient. She touched on my eyelids, the room fell silent. She walked away smiling, singing great. Isaac's like if I don't, if I don't, if I, don't, if don't, if I, don't I don't showing don't. me a 10 line and a tattoo playing side sweet as taboo burning candles all my other plans got canceled man i smashed it like an idaho potato she call me at my jail come now i can't, can't say no and tree trunks rocking a pee from cocking Cock- the knees up champion love her, not ease up three months she call i feel i'm running a fever six months i'm telling her i desperately need her nine months blue light sisters are shorty not around i need more than to knock it down i'm really trying to lock it down Midnight like tonight and go at it, burn a slogan, let her know, sweetheart, I got to have it. She tellin' me commitment is something she can't manage. Wake up the next morning, she gone like it was magic. Oh damn it! This it. on Harrison full frantic. My number wasn't an answered by my flat-torsoed enchantress. Next week, <inaudible> hit me up. I saw Sharice at the kitty club with some bangin' ass Asian playin'. Lay it down and lick me up. What? what?